0: Behind every success story, there is a long line of triumphs and defeats that remain hidden from others. These stories get condensed into journeys that minimize the struggle and wrap up with a happy ending. But we know that's not how life works. That's where From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay comes in. On today's show, you'll hear honest conversations about the challenges that Mark's guest faced and how they overcame adversity. Now, here is your host, Mark Azoulay.
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Anne Hintz, and she's a professional speaker, author, spiritual teacher, and she has an incredibly powerful story of healing and spiritual development that she wants to share with us today. Ann, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks Mark it's great to be here.
1: So I I loved seeing when you came across my desk you talked about using EFT which is a a technique around um feeling emotions tapping self regulation that created really amazing change in you from you know not just emotional change but physical skull restructuring change as well it it was it's, it's incredible. And taking a look at your website and seeing how that opened up a spiritual journey for you, I can't wait to hear how your story started and where you are today.
2: <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think it's a pretty unusual story, which is why I'm sharing it, because I want people to know how incredibly powerful we are. We are, And I had no idea when I started this journey how powerful we, we indeed are.
1: Yeah, right? Like, as a psychotherapist, I talk about this all the time, is that the placebo effect, that uh, is really powerful if you think about it, right? That the mind can change itself, that it can be as effective as medication just because of the way that we, we think and the way that we act and the way our perceptions can shift. So I can't wait to hear how powerful you discovered that your mind was.
2: <laughs> Great.
1: <laughs> so let, let's dive right in. Tell me the story. Start, start me from the beginning.
2: <laughs> okay, so my story starts at birth and we'll come back to this um, as we go through the story. But I was actually born with my right foot up against my right shin so the first six weeks of my life, I had physical therapy to release that, but I do believe that it, it caused twisting in my body. Um, so I had scoliosis throughout my life. But after those six weeks, I was actually handed over for adoption into a family that had just suffered a trauma because they had a, a son that was adopted and then they adopted another little girl and they had her for six months. And at that time in England, the birth mother could change her mind up to six months and at oh. six months, this birth mother changed her mind, so they had to give this little girl back to her mother. And I was the replacement into the family for that mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think adoption itself is a trauma, and and then to actually for them to have to take on a second child and you know, go through those first six months again, which in itself, right, there's a, so much work in those first six months. Mm-hmm. So that that was the beginning. And then my birth mother didn't change her mind. You know, they would have been a little concerned that that was going to happen again. So at six months, then we started traveling around the world because that's what my dad did. And so we moved to Barbados first at six months. And then we moved to Sierra Leone in West Africa. And when we were there, we had a house fire. I woke up one morning. I saw the flames coming in through my bedroom wall mm-hmm. So there was another trauma. Yeah. And then we moved to Hong Kong after that. And while we was were in Hong Kong, I was sent to boarding school in England, halfway across the world. And I was sent to my brother's boarding school, which happened to be a boys' boarding school. So my first year there, I was the only girl boarder. Now there were some day girls, right? But at night they would go home and I would be my room was in sick bay. And I was teased mercilessly for those two years that I was there. So it was really not a good thing. <laughs> And then, you know, my dad already had anger issues throughout those years. But in my teenage years, they both became alcoholics. So I was very used to walking on eggshells, you know, holding back. My dad was always right and anyone else was always wrong. So I you know stopped giving my opinion and, and all those things. And then when I was 19, I woke up one, more, one morning and found my mother dead on the bathroom floor.
1: Oh my God, one thing (laughs) after another.
2: (laughs) So that was a big trauma, you know, but Mm -hmm. we're so programmed in those early years on how to deal or not deal with things. And we had never dealt with anything. We never talked about emotions. We never really talked about anything that happened. So I just carried on the way I always had and just kept everything suppressed Mm -hmm. and just carried on with life. So at the age of 21, after I graduated, I moved out to California I got married, became a software engineer, had kids, and, you know, life was going on until something happened in my late 30s.
1: Yeah, what's the the thing that kind of cracked it all open? I mean, well, actually, first off, like, whoa, that's a hell of a set of cards to be dealt in the beginning of life. You know, I just want to take a moment to to really appreciate that, that it's just a lot went on. Um, And you said that you learned just to kind of suppress it and keep things to yourself. I I did, yeah. How did you make sense of of all that?
2: Well, I never really tried to. (laughs) I just kept it hidden inside. I was very good at keeping it hidden, you know, and I have looked back on that time because I wasn't told I was adopted until I was 13. My birth mother found me when I was 17 and then my adopted mother died at 19. So it it almost felt to me like I was handed over into this family to experience all these traumas. (laughs) And then almost I was handed back to my birth mother. So, you know, I have pondered that over over the years. It's like, what was the reason for that? That was pretty weird.
1: That was very weird. Yeah. And did you continue your relationship with your birth mother?
2: Yes. Yeah. She lives in New Zealand. So, you know, it's a a long distance relationship, but yes. Yes. So, but anyway, so I got to my late thirties and I had almost a business altercation with a couple of other mothers at school, at my boys' school and they were very self-confident, self-assured, authority-type women. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was this scared mother on the inside and they had told me I'd done something wrong. And my mind just went out of control. It started spinning what they'd said, what I'd said, what had happened, and it was 3 days before I could actually come back to the present moment and realize realize that it wasn't normal. Right? I didn't think this was normal. Other people that I knew wouldn't have reacted so intensely to something that really wasn't a big deal. And that's when I realized that, oh, maybe it's a little bit like how I felt when my dad told me I'd done something wrong in childhood, right? So maybe something from my childhood is still affecting me to this day, which is funny to say, right, even at this point, because there was so much, but it just gave me a little bit of an opening to realize that something was happening and that maybe I needed to look at it.
1: Yeah. I'm really happy that you took that message. You know, it's something that I get as, as a therapist. I, I I, think that for granted, right? Like that's a big part of how we work is that our childhood does define who we are in the future. But not everyone believes that, right? Not, not everyone has that until they have a moment like that of like, oh, whoa, I'm acting like really out of control here. Maybe there is something more.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm glad I took it too. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, I didn't know what to do. So it was, it was in that time frame, and I don't remember how long, but I did end up going to a doctor's appointment, and I wasn't going for any of this, right? I can't remember why I was going to see him, but he happened to be a holistic physician. So he recognized that I was more stressed than I should be because I was a stay at home mother with two young boys. I know that can be stressful, but he knew me. He was also a parent at school. So he knew that I shouldn't have been as stressed as I was. And he asked me on a scale of zero to through 10, what my stress level was. And I said it was an eight out of 10. And then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize, oh gosh, it's finding my mother on the bathroom floor, which is now two decades earlier, because the tears were still just under the surface. And he happened to know this technique that's called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique, also called tapping, because we're tapping on our body as we're talking something through. And he tapped with me for about 15 minutes on my mother's death. And I walked away from the appointment, being able to tell the story in my mind for the first time ever without the tears there. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me. It was the first time I realized how we keep those emotions and those memories physically in our body and that we can let them go. Mm -hmm. I had no idea before that. So that was the start of my journey. I actually went home that day. I went online, looked up everything I could about EFT. Because it was given away for free by Gary Craig, so anyone can go online and learn how to do it, and it's very simple and very easy to use. And I didn't necessarily trust that that one experience with him was, you know, was the answer. So I wanted to try it out. And so at the time, I had a seventeen-year-old cat at home, and we'd been told he needed a daily saline shot because his kidneys were starting to fail. So I tried it out. I the first time I gave him a shot. My hand was shaking so much. I was so afraid of giving him the shot. So I knew I had to do something different. So I tried out EFT on this experience. I tapped about every aspect of it, which is part of EFT, right? So I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting him. And I tapped about all the memories I've had from all the injections because I'd had many because we'd lived around the world. And the next day when I gave him that shot, the needle just slid right in all that fear that had been sitting inside me the day before had totally gone. So that's when I realized two things. First, I realized how deceptively powerful EFT is, right? It doesn't look like it's doing a lot, but it really is. And that's when I realized that the freedom is on the other side of that fear. And that's where I wanted to get. So that was what started me on my journey.
1: I love that, right? It's like healing through that trauma, processing it, having it truly settle down on a physiological level, like you said, that's the freedom. That's where the power in life is. It's, it's about removing the resistance, i found, right, rather than adding things.
2: Right. It's absolutely all about removing the resistance. Yeah. yeah. And we'll get further into that as we get through, through my story. So, yeah, so that's what I started doing. I started removing the resistance, right? I started working with EFT every day. And to begin with, it wasn't easy to actually notice when I was getting emotional, right? To actually stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm getting frustrated or angry. It's it's almost a step in itself, right? It's not easy to do, but it gets easier as you do it more and more. So the first day, maybe I noticed one time and I tapped and brought myself back to peace, maybe twice the second day. And as time went on, it got easier and easier. And I noticed things shifting and I wanted more. So I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from my whole life up to that point, right? Things that had happened, things my dad said to me, um, even beliefs that I had taken on. And I tapped through one each night for about an hour to an hour and a half each night. And over these months, I found I was becoming less reactionary, right? I, I was in search of inner peace. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to be less reactionary. I found myself becoming more peaceful on the inside, And I actually remember opening my kitchen door one day and saying to myself, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because my mind, which had been so busy and so critical and judgmental, it wasn't that way anymore. It was peaceful. And I had never experienced that before. It felt totally foreign to me. And that's when I realized that the voices that I had been replaying in my head, like the words, the judgments, the criticisms, had been my dad's words that I had been programmed with in childhood, but I couldn't see that until they had gone and I could look back and see, oh yeah, that's what they were.
1: Yeah, it was conditioning. It wasn't you, right? It was just kind of like a tape that was running.
2: Right, absolutely. But we can't see it, right? We're not aware of it until we are, right? And then we can we can work with it. But I wasn't really aware of it until I'd let it go. I didn't really realize what it was doing inside of me. So that was kind of the first step on my journey, just this huge release with EFT of of all my, you know, the, all my conscious history, right? The things that I knew about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ask you about that moment where you just, where you, I mean, it's such a powerful image of you sitting down, writing out everything, right? Like, really facing your demons you know like putting them on the page and being like these are all the things that generate shame or generate fear or anxiety or, or whatever right regret and then going into it can you zoom in on that moment and the reason i ask is that i know that there that people get stuck there right they get afraid of opening up pandora's box or they get very um there's everything in their body maybe on that over oh, the cellular or even the soul level is saying like don't go don't go in the closet right don't pop the lid um, what got you over that edge? What got you started?
2: It was that experience with the cat injection, was, right? Yeah. I, I I could see from that that that's where the freedom was, right? So I had to go through that fear, and I could feel that freedom on the other side. And I was so determined to get there that it, it didn't seem right. I, I came to the place where I realized that that emotions are simply stuck energy. Now that's hard to understand when you're caught up in the emotions, but it's to me it's now it's energy that's stuck in the body it wants to find a way out mm-hmm. and eft to me was a way to allow it to release from the body and once it released it was gone and that's where the freedom was and i was very determined to get to that place of freedom
1: that makes sense so really having the experience of the other side let you know that there was that there was even a possibility to have a different type of life
2: absolutely yeah and you know i listened to <laughs> spiritual teachers along the way it's like and i and you know, i asked myself well what if they're right, right? What if we really do create our own reality, right? So so what if my experience is is not ideal, right? How can I get to the place where I believe what they're saying is true, right? Then then something I'm doing is not right. Abraham Hicks used to talk about waking up first thing in the morning, you know, before thoughts coming in, come in where you feel really good. Well, I never felt really good first thing in the morning. So, So what am I doing wrong, right? So it's gotta be something... Something, some way I can get to what she's talking about. And once I found this technique and I could see that it was possible, right? To feel good, right? To get to that other side, then I really went for it.
1: Great. I, I love hearing that. I hope listeners, if you feel stuck, that you can hear from Anne that there is another side, that there, there is a life beyond trauma.
2: There is. And there's so much more to life, right? Life is, is so deep. There's so much depth to life that we have no idea about, Until we start doing this work, like when we're letting go of that burden that we've been carrying all those years. I remember being really feeling really heavy and dense in my 20s and 30s. And that's not there anymore. And it feels really good.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So you said that opened up. You moved the resistance, opened up some paths, and then you just you just kept going, right? So, I did. <laughs> you know, what yeah. happened next?
2: What I realized is EFT is it's opening up the subconscious mind, yeah. right? So it's actually bringing up more details or even more memories, right? So as memories would come up, I'd add to my list, right? Because I didn't remember a lot of my childhood to begin with, mm-hmm. so I started to remember more and more. And as the subconscious mind opens up, our awareness expands. And we use that term a lot, right? Term of awareness. I hadn't realised at the time quite what, what awareness meant, right? We think about we think of it as being aware of what's around us, but there's actually a depth of awareness inside of us as well. So, as I start kept going, I became aware of my emotions during the day, right? Which I hadn't been to begin with, right? If someone asked me early on in this process, "How do you feel now, Anne? Or how are you feeling today?" I would say I'm fine because that was my automatic response. I didn't look inside to see how I was feeling. I just kept saying the same thing. So I realized that with EFT, I was actually becoming aware at a deeper level. So I became aware of my emotions during the day. And then I became aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions So we'll use a phrase like, you know, I'm angry or he's angry, right? We'll be able to see someone in the distance and we can tell if they're angry or sad by the way they're holding themselves, Mm -hmm. by the tension that is stored inside of them. I started to become aware of that inside myself, right? So that is a deeper level of awareness. I wasn't aware before at that level. And now I'm aware not only that I'm feeling sadness, but I'm aware of that tension of the sadness inside of me. So that was that was another level. I felt I didn't need to use EFT at this point. I worked on using a different technique that I'm thinking we'll talk about soon.
1: Yeah, I I like I want to give you, a, you know, some kudos here how clear you are about a lot of this. I think with some spiritual people it can come across as like kind of wishy-washy, right? Or a little bit like vague, because um, it is hard to describe. But when I'm hearing you talk right? It's like you have the awareness of what's around you, but then you have this internal eye where you're seeing, really feeling your tension, how you're holding your body, what posture you're in, if your stomach is gurgling, if your heart is racing, all these other things. And if I'm hearing you correctly, they're kind of running in parallel, right? You have your external awareness and your internal awareness at the same time.
2: Right. And it can get deeper. Yeah, it can get deeper and deeper. Yeah. And and that's, maybe that's why I became a software engineer, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I have that engineering mindset and can I really try and think this through in a way that I could understand it and hopefully share it.
1: Yeah. Which I think is really critical, right? You know, we talked before the show about, I have a background in Buddhism and they talk so much. One of the first goals of Buddhism is developing the witness, right? Which is the mind that can see yourself without judging and without trying to attach to it. So it's like you said, I, I connect that with your engineering mind where it's like, you just look at it almost mechanically without getting hooked by it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think of it in terms of signals, and yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and communication, right. As your body's trying to communicate with you. Um, So yeah, a lot of great stuff here. We're going to move into our first commercial break. We come back. I want to hear more about how you deep it into your emotional and physical body. And uh, what else is beyond that as the, as the awareness gets more and more subtle and more and more nuanced. So if you're listening, uh, thanks for tuning in so far and you're not going to want to miss uh, when we come back. become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: in mark's work with high performers and business owners it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves they are experts in their field but are dragged down by their anxiety poor time management inability to focus or self-sabotage His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark y.teachable.com.
1: Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The
0: Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
1: Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at mark-azulay.com. Now, back to From the Ashes.
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azulay. And when we were talking, I was relating to my own story about this-of really feeling my emotions and feeling my physicality. And what I noticed is that I was that angry guy. I was angry all the time. You know, I was tense. I was like always in like a fight position. I had a lot of like resentment and cynicism towards the world. And my mind was just very like kind of crunched up. And it wasn't until I started my Buddhist practice, my meditation, that I was able to kind of vent that stuff out and understand that underneath that was, you know, a lot of pain, a lot of fear, a lot of insecurity, a lot of hurt. Um, But I was definitely walking around with a ton of just rage, quite frankly, and, and judgment. Um, I'm, I'm wondering for you when you started to tune into this next level of awareness what emotion did you see was prevalent in in your life like what were you walking around with that you may not have even been aware of
2: I pretty much lived in fear
1: okay yeah yeah
2: yeah so I am I mean I would say I probably had PTSD you now I'm not a therapist and you know, that's not been officially diagnosed but from being around my dad being around alcoholic parents that things were different all the time you never you never knew what was going to happen I definitely lived in in that fear but, you know, in, those early, in the early round, when I was working with EFT, it was very much a, a mental concept, right? I knew that I was fearful, but I wasn't able to feel it, which is where this, um, this awareness expanded to being able to feel that fear inside of me. So how this happened was I was actually in the group at the time. When I started my EFT journey, I was in a group, and we were studying a course in miracles. And the kind of guru guy in the group would say every week you don't need to meditate it's all about feeling your feelings right so which felt really good to me because I didn't want to meditate so but I didn't know what feeling your feelings meant at that point right but as I as the weeks went by he would say this every week and I would continue to do my tapping every week I actually became aware of my feelings so one day I actually was doing the dishes at the kitchen sink sink, and I thought okay I'm going to try and feel my feelings what does that even mean (laughs) it sounds so simple right? But I realized there was a physicality to it at this point. So I noticed I was thinking a thought, which for me was fearful. And I could feel that fear in my solar plexus area, my stomach. So I would try and feel it, put my awareness on it and feel it. And I noticed if I moved, or if I even took a breath. I would lose my focus on that fear. So what I would do is like hold myself like a statue. Once I got hold of this fear, I can feel it in my solar plexus. I would stop. I would stop breathing right where I was in my breath. And I would feel that fear. And I had to actually talk to it. So in some ways, it's similar to EFT, right? I would talk to this fear. So, okay, I can feel you sitting there in my solar plexus. I can feel you. I just want to feel you. I don't want you to, to go. I don't want to suppress you. I just want to feel you. And at some point I would have to take a deep breath and I would notice that that fear would have subsided someone. So then I would think the thought again, the fearful thought, feel the fear and do it again. And I would do it again and again and again until the fear had disappeared at which point that thought is free of attachments into the body. And then I just started doing this every day instead of EFT. I would just notice when I was thinking a thought that had an emotion, I would feel that emotion in my physical body and allow it to be felt, which for me was very different, right? Because I'd suppressed it for so long. It wanted to disappear inside of me. And I think that's the same with most of us.
1: Yeah, they want to get suppressed, right? It wants to go away or get distracted out. People, you know, substances, overeating, distraction, TV, right? It's very rare that we get the instruction like you did to actually feel it, look into it, notice its size, its texture, it might have a color, whatever it is.
2: Um, right. So it's it's a practice to learn yeah. how to do it because we've not been trained to do it. So I just started doing this every day. And then in the evenings, now, instead of doing the tapping, I would lay on the sofa and I would bring things like collective traumas to mind, right? We all, have a, we all have our own individual experience of something like 9-11, right? So I would bring the memories of that to mind, to my body and feel all those emotions physically in my body, just allow them to be felt and they would dissipate. So I would do this over and over again. And my focus became really intense over this time. When I started doing it, I would fall asleep the first few times. But as I did it more and more, I was very present right in the moment. And I was just letting this these feelings dissipate from my body. So this felt like this is what I call my second step in my book. But at some point during this process, I realized I could keep my awareness inside my body after the emotions, after the feelings had dissipated. So the way I try and explain that is imagine you have a toothache or a stomachache. You can pinpoint with your senses where that pain is coming from, right? But once the pain is gone, your awareness has come back out of the body and you can't pinpoint it anymore. I found that I could, I could keep my awareness inside. And then I started playing around with it. I'd never heard of this before. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just started to play. And it's like, well, I've done it once. Can I do it again? And I found that I could. And then, well, you know, what's the point? (laughs) So I started to play. So I found I could move my awareness around inside. And I could notice where there was tension or where there was no tension. So I would find a place with tension. I would hold my awareness on it. And it would shift a little bit. So I would do this over and over again. And the tension would release. So now I'm doing exactly the same thing that I was doing both with EFT, which was using words and the tapping, Now, Then at the feeling, the feelings level, now I'm inside the body doing it over and over again. And I would move around my body and release tension.
1: That's pretty incredible. Yeah.
2: It was pretty weird. I mean, it's pretty weird. It is pretty weird. But um, I just kept doing it. And it took many, many months. But eventually, I was able to put my awareness inside my head, which was eye-opening to me because there was so much pain. The pain in my left cheek was incredible and the forces pulling my bones out of alignment were massive and I had lived 50 years with all these this pain and these forces inside my head but I had not been aware of it right I think it was there from when I was born with my foot up against my shin I've had scoliosis my whole life and that pain and tension was there all along and I had no awareness of it so it really showed to me how much tension we hold inside and we don't know it yeah yeah and
1: and like you said how the body can just take it for granted like just normalize it and bury it to the point of not even being aware
2: absolutely right so all these people you know you know 20 years ago I was living my life without knowing any of this was affecting me but as you go deeper and deeper in awareness you become aware of more and more that's been stored inside from early years so now I've got this technique that I can use. So I just started working on this pain a little bit at a time. And to begin with, I could only hold my awareness in my cheek for like a second or two because it was so painful. But over the I guess now years it has released right? and I got to the place that I could actually feel my skull bones relax. I now know that they relaxed into more of a lined position, right? I didn't know we could have alignment on a physical level, but we can. So it was actually really nice to get x-rays taken last year in 2021 compared to 2013 and see that my eye sockets have aligned and my jaw, which was way off to the side, is now more centered and my neck is straighter than it's ever been in my life. And I've grown half an inch as a 55-year-old because of this deep release of dis-ease and tension inside.
1: Yeah, that's so inspiring and and incredible, you know, and I'm curious, So, do you believe that the body wants to heal? I've heard that from spiritual teachers, right, that the natural way is healing is growth. But again, we have these resistances and we have this kind of um, deadening that I'm hearing you talk about that obscures a lot of that.
2: Right. Yeah, I do believe there is a natural tendency to to um, release the tension, but we have to be willing to see it and willing to work with it, right? Because it, it actually becomes easier and easier the more you do, right? And I'm, I'm, it's very easy for me to see the next layer now, right? I go inside, okay, the, the most tension is in this one place, and I'll work on this right now, right? To be, but to begin with, earlier on, there's so much clutter, there's so much that we could work with, right? Where do I start? right and with EFT it's to me it's easier because it's like okay how am I feeling right now and that's where I start what am I feeling right now I start right there and as the layers unwind it just becomes easier and I I would say it becomes exponentially more powerful right The, the tension I release now inside deep inside my bones each day is so much more than anything that I started with
1: Right, because it's so subtle and so ancient in some ways, right? Like you said, stuff from when you were born, from the very beginning.
2: It is. I mean, it's it's tension inside the inside my bones is what I'm releasing now. I, I know from the experience of actually hearing things release, right? When I got to my head, it was close to my ears, right? I'd actually release enough that I would feel and hear something release. Mm-hmm. And it sounded and felt like old fabric ripping, And that's when I did research and realized, okay, that's an adhesion in the connective tissue or the fascia that is releasing, right? But now I'm releasing that inside the bones and I can feel it release and it feels really old and dense. So yeah, I mean, in some ways it's more subtle, but in other ways, no, it's not, it's just deeper and it's denser.
1: Yeah, no, I I can relate. And when I first started, I'm a yoga practitioner. When I first started my journey with yoga, I thought it would be relaxing and it was unbelievably painful. It was unbelievably emotional, like I had so much grief and sadness, like I'd want to cry when I was getting some parts of my body, I would feel like nauseous, like I would feel like literally, there was like poison sacks or something in my body that were there that I would get like lightheaded and nauseous when I would feel into. Um So like, there's a lot of stuff in there um that needs to get released and kind of vented out because yeah I was also I was a very like inactive kid and very sedentary and you know without going too much into my store had my own traumas I think I just internalized and bottled up
2: right yeah. and it is stored by right? you can relate that it's stored in possibly the connective tissue in the body yes and those memories and those emotions are stored there too right because even at this point when I'm releasing tension somewhere often a memory will just pop into my mind, and then poof, it's gone. <laughs> and it yeah. was stored in that tension.
1: It's it's so wild. And even what you talked about, I'm curious, if our listeners have a similar experience. You know, when I was really, you know, early on in this work, when I go and be with my family, where some of the trauma took place, I would feel like you said, physically heavier, I would feel clumsy, I would be really uncoordinated, like all this stuff would activate, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be present. I'd have like kind of brain fog. I mean, it was a very like physiological experience.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. And my whole journey has been about accepting that, right? So noticing how we're feeling. And that's what the work with EFT is. It's mm-hmm. noticing how we're feeling and accepting it, however dark it is, right? However bad we're feeling, whatever emotion it is, even if no, even if we're hating something, right? We're, we're taught not to hate, But if we are hating, then I would tap on, you know, I hate this or I hate that and just allow that to be accepted. And that's when the release happens, right? Because even at the deep level inside the body, I'm focusing on something and allowing it to be felt. And once once it's fully accepted, that's when the release happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, the Buddhist word, Buddhist kind of like parable for that is inviting Mara in for tea. Which is the idea of like taking your demons, you know, all those negative feelings, those awful emotions and just sitting down with them, right? Pouring them a glass of tea and getting to know them <laughs> rather than trying to kill them or, or dispel them or push them away.
2: Right. Or even act on them, right? This is not about acting on, on, on them, right? Because if you're feeling angry, you might want to push that anger onto someone else. No, it's, this is about feeling how that anger feels in your body and allowing that anger to be felt, Because that's when it dissipates out of the body.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so that that was your second step. What's what's your third step? Well, that was the,
2: the second step was the feeling the feelings. Okay. Yeah, and the third step was actually inside the body.
1: Okay. So how, how does this link to spiritual development, right? Because this keeps going after this, right? Right.
2: Well, what I realized over time, I try to connect things that I hear outside with with my experience. And I actually believe that the soul comes in through the, probably the pineal gland. I know I'm looking from somewhere when I'm looking inside, right? I'm looking from somewhere in the center of my head. So it could be the pineal gland. And I believe the soul actually resides in the connective tissue of the body. So when we have tension or darkness stored inside, right, that's what these traumas and things are. I, I can sense that it's dark inside, and as I release that, underneath is light, right. So I believe that that's how our how our ego manifests is through those tensions that we store inside of us, and that holds our soul down. So once we release. This tension inside of us, our soul is then free to inhabit our body, right? And I think think that is possibly where life extension could come in, right? If the soul is very comfortable in the body, it would be inclined to stay in the body longer.
1: Mm, Right. So it's kind of more flow and more fluidity, I'm also hearing, right? Less restriction.
2: Right. Absolutely. Freedom. Total freedom inside the body and then outside the body. But once when we have these distortions in our signal, the, this tension inside of us, we're actually distorting the signal that we pick up from spirit, mm-hmm. right? And that manifests as ego, it manifests as, you know, the negatives in our life. So that as we let that go, we actually pick, we tune into spirit much more easily,
1: Yeah, I'm curious your beliefs around that. Like, do you have supernatural beliefs, whether it be a spiritual deity or ghosts or energetic frequencies or any of that stuff? I'm curious if you extend beyond that.
2: See, that's really interesting because I think a lot of those experiences come to us when we're actually out of the body, right? We're, Mm -hmm. We're out of the body. We're in the spirit world. This work brings you fully into the body, right? Into this life, into this experience, so I know um, Gary Craig, who developed EFT, had an experience like that. He actually developed EFT as a way to to experience it. But I think this work actually does the opposite. It brings us fully into this body to live this life now.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, and correct me wrong here, is that there's there's enough going on within ourselves <laughs> that the supernatural isn't that relevant in some ways, right? Because there is like this whole world inside your own body.
2: There is. Yeah. 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 And. There, there is definitely more to that. So what I've realized through this work is that I believe actually um, churches and cathedrals are three dimensional skulls. Mm. <laughs> now it's taken some work to come here um, to come to this understanding. So what does that mean? Well, to me, that means, okay, there's a place inside our skull where the altar is right. And, and if, we if, awareness can get that deep right it's getting more and more into my skull at this point right Mm. but and what what am I going to find when I get there that's what interests me
1: Mm. that's a great question yeah (laughs) yeah like you know what are you at like the smallest finest possible level right if you can zoom in all the way
2: right Right. yeah when awareness gets right inside what's going to happen
1: yeah I think the buddhist would say nothing if you just hit void (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think emptiness. I think something else. But
1: <laughs> I think there's something there. That's really I do. Okay, um, yeah, so we have to move into our, our final commercial break here. Um, when we get back, we'll speak directly to listeners of anything that they, you know, know anything they can do to get started. Um, any words of encouragement. Um, if you're listening and you're enjoying this, you know, please give us a five-star review on Amazon or Apple rather, um, well, on Amazon too, uh, Spotify, Google podcasts, all that stuff, share on social media, getting the word out. Um, there's so many pathways to healing. And I think, Anne, you've really outlined yours very, very clearly with your book, A Pathway to Insight. So if you're listening, pick up the book uh, and then tune in for some really practical tips. See you on the other side of the break.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In Mark's work with high performers and business owners, it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves. They are experts in their field, but are dragged down by their anxiety, poor time management, inability to focus, or self-sabotage. His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark Azulay dot That's Mark M A R C dash Azoulay A Z O U L A Y. Dot Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call one 888 Three four six nine one four one. That's one Or send an email to podcast at mark-asoley dot com. Now back to From the Ashes.
1: Welcome back. I'm here with Ann Hints, and we're talking about everything i mean spiritual enlightenment we're talking about emotional processing um aligning with your true self and healing the body from the inside out i mean like i said i just want to just double underline i love how just practical and to the point and clear your your thought process is around this um it's clear that like you put a lot of work into it that you walked the path yourselves and that you've gotten a lot of benefit from it um, and you know, maybe we have a similarity with those kinds of engineering minds. It really helps me to connect with you and understand. Like, there is a step-by-step process, and there are tools and techniques in order to attain alignment.
2: Yeah, there are. It, it is a very step-by-step process. You know, while while I was in it, I didn't necessarily know, right? I didn't know that it was going to be. Oh, there's another step, right? Because we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that was a concept that really helped me along the way. So, but but you know, I've walked this path and. That, if others could follow it too, I would love to have deep discussion with others who are th- at this place, right? Where they can get their awareness inside their body and release tension in the connective tissue. That would be really fun for me to experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm curious for somebody who is listening to this podcast, right? And has maybe done some of this work or maybe, maybe they're even living in that trauma, right? They have a sense of like, oh my God, my life could be better. What would you want that person to hear? What would you want to tell them?
2: Well, they can certainly do it, right? They can they can certainly go beyond it. A lot of people I think get kind of stuck along the way that or they think they've done enough, right? They they don't really know where to go. You can often just do more of what you've been doing, right? And and realize that there is further that you can go. You can get deeper. Right? I didn't know that you could get as deep as I could get. I didn't know that was possible before. So now everyone who's listening to this knows that it it's possible, right? And and you can just keep going. Now, if you wanted to learn a new technique, I believe EFT is very powerful. I believe it's the physical aspect of EFT, the tapping on the places in the body. That is what allows that energy to release from the body. So it's a really easy technique to learn. It looks a little weird. You might feel a little weird doing it, and that's okay. <laughs> but um, that is a, that's a a—that's a place to start and just keep going with it realize that freedom is on the other side one of the things that really helped me was an understanding of the law of attraction now when i started this i didn't really have that understanding but the way i think of it now is that the whole of us is a signal and we're emitting a signal every second of every day and we're attracting back into our future based on that signal That's why we do replay things over and over again, right? We attract the same people, the same friends, the same situations. It's because it's part of our signal. So if we want to change our future, we have to change our signal that we're emitting right now. So I would ask myself during the day, how am I feeling right now? And do I want to feel this way again in the future? And most of the time, the answer was no. <laughs> so then I would do something about it, right? Because I, in the moment is when your power is right. You can change it now. So if you're feeling really anxious or really angry or frustrated, you can use the technique and tap, or you can just feel those feelings and allow yourself to come back to peace. And that, in that moment, that has changed your future because it's changed the signal that you're emitting. So your future is going to look different.
1: Yeah, I I think that's really powerful. And I think the law of attraction for me has been the most clear, maybe for some listeners, around uh, dating and around partners, right? I found that like when I am in a place of misery or a place of anger or judgment, I attract miserable, angry, judgmental partners, (laughs) quite quite frankly, right? And when I'm in a place of freedom and fluidity and confidence, I seem to attract freedom, fluid, confident individuals. Mm -hmm. I think there is this idea that like attracts like.
2: Right. But one of one of the key things in that for me was once I got you know my awareness inside my head and realized how much is subconscious. Right. How much of that tension. Right. Because it's it's a, to me, it's like a, an energetic signal. It's a electrical signal almost. Right. So if you're being pulled out of alignment, out of balance inside that you're not aware of it, then you are going to attract things over and over again, that are part of that signal, the out of alignment signal. So there's so much that we're not aware of, right? So, so to me, this changes us at a deep level. It changes our signal at a base level, more than something like meditation. Now, I know I, I know a lot of people do like meditation, and that's fine. It, it does have a benefit, right? Because if you think about it, in terms of the law of attraction, when you're meditating, you are in a peaceful state, And that itself changes the signal, right? You're in a peaceful signal and you attract more peace into your future. So there are benefits to it. I wanted something that really changed me at a base level. And to me, that's what this work did. It changed my base signal. So I wouldn't have to keep going back to the same technique. I would actually change as time went on. So um, that helped me.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense, right? It's like a real restructuring of, all the way down to that subconscious level. And like you said, the very, very fine level that is emotional, it's trauma, but also it's very (laughs) physical too, right? Um, To to create more like grace, really a door that I have for it.
2: Yeah. And I didn't realize when I started, I still don't have a clear vision that when we're doing the EFT, right, that first step, I believe it's also changing the physical. We just don't have the awareness at that point to know that it's changing the physical, Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's the case. I just, it's just as we go further and further down the, the journey, the past, our awareness becomes more insight. So we're actually aware that it's changing the physical, right? I, I know that I'm changing my bones at this point, but when I was tapping, I didn't know that I was changing my bones.
1: Right. I'd have to imagine that something on that level was happening, right? When I think of you talk about tapping the actual act being the most powerful point where my mind goes is that yeah that physical stimulation is bringing the awareness in kind of a crude way because it's the beginning to that spot because there's actually like a physical stimulus that's happening whereas it sounds like then the next step you're able to get rid of that physical stimulus and do it just with your awareness right Right. you don't need that reminder on on your skin to know where to focus
2: right and the eft itself with using the words over and over again right because when you're working through a trauma you you work through it one time then you come back to the beginning you go through it again and again and again until until there's no energy left in it that is honing your awareness right you're thinking you're feeling about that event that happened so that's the beginning of honing the awareness and the attention like the focused attention
1: I think that's the big thing. I mean, I'm trained in a psychotherapy technique called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is a trauma treatment, right? That's been used with veterans that has like an 80% hit rate, which is unbelievable in my field. And their thing is that uh, you hold these two buzzers in one hand and they vibrate back and forth. And the idea behind that is just what we talked about with the tapping. It's like, it's, I think it's the exact same thing where it just creates a focus. It creates like a safe space. It creates a kind of an altered state where the person in some ways has permission to feel those feelings they have permission to talk to their for their permission like you said to get a little bit weird because they're doing a thing right um and it lets those emotions and those traumas process and move through and kind of desensitize so that they're not connected to the feeling anymore right they, they just become data
2: yeah interesting so that uses the eyes as well doesn't it
1: yeah, so so uh, the original version you'd actually would go back and forth. You track your eyes, your eyes would move back and forth, very like similar to we think of like cartoon hypnosis, right? Following the watch as it goes back and forth. But they found that actually vibration is more effective, is holding these things and having them vibrate. And then some practitioners will put the vibrators um, on the body, just like with EFT, <laughs> right? Like oh, you're feeling in your heart. Put these little buzzers on your heart and have that move um, to just bring the attention and the focus there.
2: Huh. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I
1: think it's all the same thing. I mean, like, like I, I think what I'm hearing, what I believe uh, and what you're saying is that focused attention is what heals, right?
2: Right. Focused attention on whatever it is, right? On the feelings right. or the emotions. And, and we hear about, you know, don't focus on what you don't want, mm-hmm. right? We hear that a lot, but, but really we need to focus on it and allow it to dissipate. And then yes. it's gone, right? Otherwise, it just stays in the body, right? People talk about you know, toxic positivity these days. You know, that's because when you're trying to think something positive, you're actually suppressing the actual thought that's there. But that thought wants to be felt, right? If you feel those feelings and let them go, a naturally pos- more positive thought will actually arise afterwards, which right. sounds weird to say. I didn't necessarily believe that <laughs> to begin with. But when you actually experience it yourself, it's really, really fun.
1: Yeah, because like just as we said before, that removing that resistance, that re- it's like clearing out the goop. And I think like you said, my experience too is what fills up is light, right? Is love, is compassion, is connection, is creativity, inspiration, motivation. I found so much of it is a, is a reductive process, not an additive process in order to get more health.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Compassion and understanding arises naturally, which is really fun if you've never been a compassionate person. <laughs> yeah,
1: and really counterintuitive because, like you said, you're we're told to like practice it or to add it or to do more, and really it's about removing the baggage. Um, it so is,
2: yeah. And I could sense inside, right? There, it's there underneath the darkness.
1: Right, right, right. So we're moving towards the end here. Um, And can you tell people where they might find you online or if they want to learn more about you and about your book?
2: Sure. Um, The book is a pathway to insight on Amazon or ask your local bookstore to order it. I have a website and hints.com and you can see the x-rays on there. I have a YouTube channel, which has a demonstration video of EFT and of feeling your feelings. So you can just go on there and learn how to do it. And I have a public Facebook page and I'm happy to interact on any of those.
1: Great. Yeah. I love that you're like sharing this with the masses and getting the the message out there. So yeah, if you're listening, you want to check it out, check out our website. The YouTube channel is great. Order the book. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, Anne. It's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you. It's been a great conversation.
1: Yeah. And thanks listeners for tuning in. Again, five-star reviews, share it, get the message out there. Um, This information is really important. I think if you practice, if you do kind of what Anne is, is recommending here, it can truly change your life. So thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week on another episode of From the Ashes.
0: Thank you for joining host Mark Azoulay on From the Ashes. Be sure to tune in again live next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Meet triumph and defeat and treat those two imposters the same.